Good morning, everybody. We are uh, we're ready to get started. It's great to see all of you here, um, all of our visitors today, and all of our people that are here on time today. It's um, <clears throat> it's nice to see you, and um, people that are here for the first time in a while. It's nice to see you as well. Um, several uh, months ago, thanks to Brother Brian Tier, um, just uh, getting up here one Sunday and delivering a very honest, uh, transparent, and um, as Brian always is, very practical um, telling of his story and, and kind of where he is now spiritually and how he got there. Uh, we've um, had several people come in at this point and, and talk to us. Um, Brayton shared his story, and kind of his and Kayla's story one day. Um, Kayla let Brayton do all the talking. Uh, Sister Vernell came and talked to us, and it's just been very rewarding. And um, I've had Farah on my brain for a while to get her in here, and she's just one of the sweetest people I know. I don't know too many people that just have the, the type of sweet spirit that she has, and um, I'm excited about her being here today. Uh, let's make her feel welcome, and um, we want her to come talk to us. Got your phone. <laughs> all right, everybody. I'm imagining you all as fourth graders right now. They are so cute, too. And it's easy for me to talk to fourth graders. So um, I think the Lord has been working on me for a while about this, Jason. It's probably your fault, too. But I've kind of been thinking about my testimony. And I think pastors even mentioned before that he doesn't even really know my testimony. Just bits and pieces of it here and there. So a testimony, though, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's not a pretty picture. So I was like, oh, I don't want to pull up all those raw emotions and, you know, it's kind of ugly. But then God turns it into something beautiful. So I'm going to share my story today. It's all your fault. <laughs> so um, I wanted to begin because I'm an elementary teacher. So would y'all, would everybody mind just indulging me for a minute and stand up? Thank you. I'm feeling better already. <laughs> and, um, yes, put your hand in your... Who wants to lead us in pledge and a moment of prayer? No, not really. Um, y'all can just greet each other so you're not looking at me. That would be good. Hi. Tell them they look nice. You're so glad they're here. Okay. Ask them if they need a pen so they can take notes so they're not looking at me some more. All right. Now, if you don't like public speaking, then you may be seated. If you like public speaking, you may leave. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to miss y'all. Because those are the ones I'm scared of. You guys that don't mind it, you're going to be like critiquing me. I know how you work because this is my husband. He's sitting there critiquing everything like what makes them a good speaker and what doesn't. I'm like, they're just good. Just leave it alone. So um, anyway, thank you all for coming. And please you know, laugh at my jokes. Hannah, that's what my jokes came. And um, let me just dig into what I have here. So, as I said, I told Jason last Wednesday, I have two fears, and they are speaking to adults and talking about myself. So, today I am overcoming a fear, I guess. Oh, I used to have a fear of walking over rope bridges, but then when we were in Ireland, we walked over one, and it was okay. I survived, so I don't have that fear anymore. And then I have the nightmare that Steve has about... Um, showing up for a class on the last day of school semester of the school and um you have to take a final that you didn't know you had does anybody have that ever had that 
wrong with y'all? <laughs> so, okay, anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, so I guess I'm, I get concerned about adults judging what I have to say, maybe watching your clock. I don't feel like I have anything that people want to hear, you know, wasting your precious time. So if you ever notice when I get up in church, I'm like speeding through what I have to say because I'm like, I need to sit down and get out of the way. There's somebody else that has something more important to say. Or maybe um, you probably, some of you are no notice that I wore this like two Sundays ago because <laughs> I have my favorite outfits and I wear them all the time and I know some of you just don't have that. So maybe those are the things I worry about. I don't know. So now that I have all that out in the open, we're just going to move on. <laughs> um, when I get up to speak, I like to think about verses, Brother Jason, because I feel like, well, I know the Word of God says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but His Word shall not pass away. So I feel like the more verses I throw into this, at least, you know, you're not wasting your time because that's never going to pass away. So I want to bring up Isaiah 64, 6. It says, but we all are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So... All our righteousness are as filthy rags. That means that nobody here is any better than I am. So that makes me feel better. <laughs> All right, so, um, hi, y'all. Come on in. Y'all want to come sit right here in the front? <laughs> That's not fair, huh? So, anyway, with all of my fears, hi, Lisa. I need an amen corner right here. Yeah, you want to come sit by me? <laughs> um so with all my fears, I press on because I have a testimony that God has given to me that is unique to me. So um, allow me a few minutes to share a story. As a child of the one true God, the creator of all things, I'm just one person that God loves, and he loves each of you just as much as he loves me. But this is our story, and we don't all have the same beautiful story, but we do have a God that cares for us more than we can ever comprehend. Another favorite verse of mine is... Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the other uttermost parts of the earth. And I feel like that's why we give our testimony, so that we can be a witness to one another and so that we can be a strength for one another. And I'm just going through all these things in my mind, like, you know, why? Why do, I, why do we do this? Why do we get up and share our testimony? So, um... We're here to help each other out. We're the body of Christ. So my story. You have to sit down and type your story down. Type your story out. I don't know. Maybe you'll be like me. I was like, wow, where do I start? Jason said I don't have to start at birth, but that is where it all began, Jason. <laughs> I was born at a measly five pounds with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck, and I was later to have a found to have a hole in my left eardrum, and I had to have surgeries. But I'll skip all that, since you said we don't need to start there. So maybe I should talk about growing up in a home with alcoholics, watching my real dad physically abuse my mom, and later my stepdad mentally abuse her. Oh, but don't worry, my mom always loved Jesus the best that she knew how. She had Jesus pictures hanging on the wall in the house, and she did allow us to catch the church bus to go to Sunday school anytime that we woke ourselves up and got dressed to go. I am the fourth of five children, but that's also depressing. So I guess I could talk about being abandoned at 15 years old, recalling the first day of high school, 
when I caught the bus at my mama's house trying to enroll myself in school. But I wasn't allowed to register because I didn't have an adult with me. So I sat outside the office all day that day watching kids go back and forth and rode the bus back home to my mom's house. I don't think we would do that to kids these days, Jason. I think we would drive them back home probably. But none of that paints a pretty picture either. So I'm going to move on. So I asked the Lord to help me to know what to say today to encourage somebody here. What part of my story do I need to share? And then I see where his hand of protection has guided me every step of the way and he's ordered my steps. So I fast forward to a more pleasant experience <laughs> to the day when I asked my neighbor's aunt if he would drop me off at the big Pentecostal church in Denham Springs. And the following Sunday, me and my two cousins were dropped off at the door. We asked the pastor who was greeting guests that morning if we could attend church there. And he was quick to introduce us to the youth pastor. On this particular service, there was a youth service. And um, I don't remember anything about the sermon. I really don't even know who preached um, or who prot. Wasn't, wasn't it prot, you know, really? I'm an English teacher. <laughs> um, I do remember my cousin and I got the giggles when we heard people speaking in tongues. So we never heard that before. I don't know if we thought it was funny sounding or if maybe we were just scared to giggles. <laughs> but it wasn't long until someone came over to pray for us. And no, I didn't get the Holy Ghost that day. But I must have felt something because I went back that night and I kept going back. Soon I was catching rides with different people in the church. Aunt Vernell was one of them who would wasn't my aunt at the time. I married into her family. She would bring me to church. Different people in the church would come and get me. Um, uh, and my cousins, they didn't stick around. They didn't last long. But I, I had something in me, Jason, that I knew that what, it, what was there was real. So one of the girls in the youth group got my phone number and called me, and Randy became my friend. Well, truth be told, she probably felt sorry for me. I probably smelled like smoke. I lived in the part of the poor part of town with my aunt. And I definitely didn't have the nice clothes that she had. But she still invited me over to her house and she um, and to go out to eat with them after church. And she invited me to be in Bible closing and choir. Which hopefully so I did, I joined them. <laughs> and hopefully no one ever heard me sing. Um but when I joined Bible quizzing, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But what Randy was doing was she was being my friend. She was in, inviting me to be a part of this community. She was inviting me to be a part of God's family. And she was giving me purpose and she was loving me. And John 13, 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. So I hope that if you don't get anything out else out of what I'm saying today, that we need to learn to love one another. When you see everybody else's face at church, you don't know their story. You don't know what's going on with them. You might think they've grown up in church their whole lives, and you don't know what they're going through. You need to love them. So anyway, I joined the choir. I joined Bobby Quizzing. I started memorizing the book of Mark. I had no idea the commitment of learning 575 verses or whatever it was frontwards and backwards if you don't know about bible quizzing it is monumental <laughs> so
So I was pretty good the first couple of tournaments. I got a few ribbons and a couple of trophies, but I couldn't keep up with the pace. I didn't have anyone at home pushing me or working with me. I did have the church encouraging me and the quiz team and coaches there helping me, but I didn't last very long in quizzing that year. But the next year came around, and it was time again to start quizzing, and it was Pentecostal doctrine. And I'm pretty sure I still didn't really know what that even meant, but I was in. I signed up again, and I began memorizing verses all throughout the Bible that taught me about the oneness of God and baptism and holiness. And these were the words that began being planted in my heart. And they were soon taking root and growing because I had people there helping me water them, helping me get some sunshine on them. This is what I felt like God wanted me to share my story about today. Because Colossians 4.15 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And 1 Peter 2.2 2 says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So, once again, I did not learn all of my verses that year. But I began to learn verses that were healing my mind and my heart and my life. And, and I began to have a relationship with God like never before. So, by this time, I had a few more friends in church. I even moved in with one of my friends from the church. I was able to go to church every service now. It was during this time that God gave me my second mother, Sister Shirley McDonald, who is here today. She is affectionately known now as Mimi, and she is what I call my God-sent mother. And I probably have confused so many of you when I talk about my other mom. This is my other mom. And I still just tell people, she's my other mom. They don't understand. But she took me under her wing. She prayed for me and worked with me and brought me to work and brought me to school and gave me good godly wisdom and direction during my teenage years and my 20s and now my 30s. And she was always there for me when I needed it most. And you know what? We've never sat down and had a Bible study together. She's never preached to me about anything. But she was there for me and is still there for me today. She's she has become family to me. She was there for my wedding and the birth of my children and for the big things and little things in life. And I just think it's amazing how God puts those, gives you what you need. He knew that I needed a mother, a family that, that was spiritual. I needed that spiritual input. Who knows? I don't know that I could have made it spiritually without having somebody to call. And I'm sure she could tell you about many phone calls where I just called and had questions or things that were on my heart. So I felt like God wanted me to say today that if you don't have somebody like that in your life, then you need to find that somebody. And I think that's what Kara does with Pillar. She's trying to pair you with somebody who can be that sounding board for you. So it's a healthy relationship to have someone who can pray with you and someone who can help you to learn things along the way in life. And this keyboard is messing me up. All right, sorry, y'all. Sorry. So, but now it doesn't. All right. So I'll fast forward now, Jason, to the day when I met Dave. We actually met at Mimi's house. Her son Bradley introduced us, and it was love at first sight. Our first date was to a ch to church service. I know we're spiritual, huh? And then we went out to eat, and we went to Barnes and Noble. 
And when I think about going to Barnes & Noble, if you've ever been to my house, you know that really shouldn't surprise you because we have piles of book everywhere. And I asked Dave the other day, I was like, when are we ever going to meet our book quota? And he's like, when, we never will. So you'll have to come see my piles of book every, books everywhere. I should have known back then, though, right? Anyway, I digress. Dave and I married, and from the very beginning, we dreamed of working in the ministry and doing missions work together. So after being married for three years, God gave us my 10-year-old niece to care for. Her name is Kristen. She does come to church periodically. She's probably listening. Um, I will listen. We thought it was temporary. My sister became addicted to drugs and lost both of her children to OCS, so we took Kristen. Even though some people in the church warned us that it may be difficult for a young married couple to take her on. We knew what we had to do because the Bible instructs us in James 1.27 to take care of the fatherless. So finally, after nine years of marriage and one 16-year-old niece and two children later, God opened the door for Dave Dave and I to go do missions work in Northern Ireland. So Dave and I quit our perfectly perfect jobs. We sold our perfect little house. We gave up the things of this world for the things of the spirit world. It made no sense to the flesh, but this was this world is not our home, according to Matthew nineteen twenty nine. Because you're checking my references, so we um, that was hard. That was a really hard thing to do. Both of us went in and quit our jobs, and I was teaching at a really great school, and I've been there three years, and to go and tell my principal I wasn't coming back because we were doing mission work, which makes no sense to people of the world, that was really hard. But we were excited because we were getting to fulfill our purpose, full-time ministry and missionaries. Ireland felt like home the minute we stepped off of the plane. We never once cried. Sure, we missed our friends and family, and we were homesick at times. We really missed the food, but we were doing the work of the Lord. We were teaching Sunday school and Bible studies and preaching to the British people of Northern Ireland that we really couldn't even understand what they were saying. But it was a dream come true. And after, But after nine months, we felt like we were supposed to come home. Things were a little turbulent with the 16-year-old. And so we started life all over again. And it was hard. But God blessed us, and he opened doors, and he has completely restored. It's been seven years since we've been home. The house that we're living in now is actually one of God's biggest blessings and reminders to us every single time we drive up because Brian and Nancy Tear had this house for sale and they offered for us to go live there, lease purchase it with no jobs. We're like, are you sure? Are you okay with this? We have no jobs. We really don't know that we can pay you. But God opened a door for me to teach and since then, He has given me a bigger and better job than I could have ever imagined. And Dave is working. Both of us are working from home, which is crazy. If you'd ever, I never would have thought I would be teaching from home. But God knew what we needed and um, blessed us so that we could have the opportunity to work from home and to do uh, ministry. I just lost my spot again. I'm sorry. So God leads us back. So God led us back here to grace to the church where we could continue working in the ministry. And our journey here to Grace is another long story, but I will move on. (laughs) So my story, 36 years of testimony, is very hard to wrap up in one session. But I have to leave you today with the realization that we all have a story. We all need to be loved. 
all of us, all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. There were times when, there are times when I want to forget my past, but that would be stealing my testimony. And I truly believe that God lets us go through things to help us relate and minister to one another. I hope that my story will encourage someone in here to grab a hold of scripture, to know that you have to, um, no, oh, I, no, sorry. Uh, a friend of mine once told me that on Judgment Day, God's going to ask us, have you read my book? And hopefully we can all say, yes, Lord, I did. But some of us might say, you know, well, Lord, I have a few copies sitting around my house. But no, I haven't read it, but I have watched all four seasons of whatever. I don't even know what's popular. So I want to challenge you to read his book. This to me, when people ask me what makes my story or what makes me different from the rest of my family, this is what makes me different. God is what makes me different. His word is what makes me different. So I'm going to leave you today with the challenge to read his book. Memorize his word. Quote them when you're feeling weak. Memorize scripture that will help you get through the hard times. Plant them in your heart. Ask someone else if you need to. Ask someone else to teach you a Bible study. Lean on his everlasting arms. We are here to, we are to be here for each other. When God has, what God has done for you, what, it, what is your story? What are the scriptures that mean the most to you? I suggest you all start writing it down because Jason might be calling you next. So... <laughs> Many, um, many of the books can inform you. Lots of books can inform you. All those books stacked around my house can inform us. But there's only one book that can transform you. So I want to leave you today with a couple of my favorite scriptures. And then we probably have time for discussion, so y'all should be thinking about your favorite scripture. Um, I, like, I like to quote Hebrews 4.12. And I didn't type it out because I guess I must be trusting myself to quote it, right? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If you memorize that scripture, you're going to get good and distracted with whatever worry you just now had <laughs> because it's a long one. So if you're looking for a scripture to memorize that maybe you can receive strength from, I recommend Hebrews 4.12. And a shorter one that you might just want to pull up real fast is Exodus 15:2. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. I'm pretty sure that's like NLT or something. That doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> so Psalms 37:31 is another one. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Psalms 119.105, the word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So that is the end of, not the end of my story, but the end of my story for today at least. I hope to have another, I don't know, 90 years to, <laughs> to add to my story. But um, Jason said that I could do small group discussion at the end. <laughs> Does anybody else want to chime in? I know you did. Wait, that's not, a, that's not how you do discussion, right, Jason? Okay, so I would like for you to think of your favorite scripture because, you know what, we're here to receive strength from one another. We're here to, um, I don't know, give me some more words to say, Jason. <laughs> we're here to learn from one another. What is a scripture that you have that you pull up? 
that you depend on. Y'all don't have any. Y'all aren't spiritual. The whole 91st Psalm. Awesome. You want me to read it? Okay, I'll pull it up. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noosome of pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. He shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that waketh at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold, and see the reward of the wicked. Behold, thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. I think I'll stop there. Awesome. Okay, well, if no one else wants to share their uh, part of their story or their scripture, I'm going to turn it back over to you then, Jason. I have one. You have one? Awesome. Um, King James Version doesn't go in depth as much as the uh, message version, but... Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end." Awesome. Uh, that's something that is a recurring verse in my life a lot. Uh, you know, the things when I think I'm about to fail, uh, when I'm at the precipice of some great thing, yes. and I don't know what to do. I just remember that God has a plan. That's awesome. Yes, he has a plan for each and every one of us. I do like that one too, Jeremy. I like to pull that one up. Like, okay, God, this has to be a part of your plan because I know that I'm trying to walk in your ways. Well, thank y'all for not being too very scary so that I didn't, like, pass out or something in here. I love y'all, and um, let's love one another. That was special. I don't know how else to describe it, but Farah, thank you so much. Um, thank you for sharing your heart, and thank you for not dwelling on the ugliness, because that would have been that would have been easy. But you know, it it's the beauty of your spirit that that's not what you focused on, and um, it was just it was awesome. So thank you for doing that. Um, yes, ma'am. I can testify to her courteous spirit. And the chuckle whenever Farah talked about how much time she had spent getting counsel from, uh, I don't call her Mimi or my other mother, I just call her Shirley Mack. And uh-huh. Back in the days whenever she was the uh, librarian at Live Oak High, there were many times that I would go into her office in the library and close the door and I would say, we've got to talk. And she was always there to give me good, godly, wise counsel. And uh, she's got a special place in my heart too. Um, 
I wanted to, as, as I listened to Farah today, uh, it, it reminded me of something that I read recently in Mark Batterson's book, All In. And I want to share that with you. Uh, it's about a page and a half, uh, and this is, this is how we'll close today. But the title of the chapter is SDG, the letters SDG. You'll come to see what that means in just a minute. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach was to classical music what William Shakespeare was to English literature and Sir Isaac Newton was to physics. His body of work includes 256 cantatas, and while it's impossible to peg a magnum opus, my personal favorite is Jesu, Joy of Man's Desiring. Nearly four centuries after its original writing, it's still one of the most popular soundtracks. How many of you know that song, Jesu? Joy of man's desirings. Anybody know what we commonly call it? Four centuries after its original writing, it's still one of the most popular soundtrack to one of life's most momentous occasions, the bridal entrance at a wedding ceremony. That was a moment for me. Didn't know that. Listening to Bach's music is is a rapturous experience, but it's not just because of the melodies and harmonies. It's more than the mere combination of notes. It's the motivation behind the music. The reason toccata and fugue and D minor and mass and B minor touch the soul is that they come from the soul. Bach's cantatas don't originate as music. They were prayers before they were songs, literally. Before Bach started scoring a sheet of music, he would scrawl J period, J period. Jesu Yuva at the very top. It was the simplest of prayers, Jesus, help me. Then, at the completion of every composition, Bach inscribed three letters in the margin of his music, S-D-G. Those three letters stood for the Latin phrase, Soli Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone. Soli Deo Gloria was one of the rallying cries of the Protestant Reformation, but Bach personalized it. His life... Pharaoh was a unique translation of that singular motive, and so is yours. No one can glorify God like you, and no one can glorify God for you. Your life is an original score. It's a unique piece of music. Imagine with me if filmmakers and politicians and entrepreneurs followed suit. What kind of cultural impact would we have if our scripts and bills and business plans originated as prayers? Imagine students scribbling SDG on their essays for AP American History, mechanics etching SDG on mufflers and motors, or doctors scrawling SDG on their prescriptions, or dirt contractors using backhoes to write SDG in the latest subdivision. Listen to this. It's not about what you do. It's about why you do what you do. Ultimately, it's about who you do it for. In God's kingdom, it's our motivations that matter most. If you do the right thing for the wrong reason, it doesn't even count. God judges the motives of the heart And he only rewards those who do the right thing for the right reason. To be perfectly honest, I think much of my reward has been forfeited because I did things for me, not for him. SDG is living for an audience of one. It's doing the right thing for the right reasons. 
It's living for the applause of nail-scarred hands. You go all in and you go all out because Jesus Christ is your all in all. Just Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Just Jesus. As Farah told her story today, this passage from, from all in just kind of rattled around in my brain because I, I know where her heart is and it's been obvious to see. It, it's, it's for an audience of one and for the applause of one. And I want to thank her again for sharing that with us, but I also want to challenge us today to look at the motives behind what we do. Who are we doing it for? Who are we doing it for? For the glory of God alone, that should be our rallying cry today. Thank you all for being here. I hope all of you will come back sometime. Uh, Brother Brian Tear is going to be teaching next Sunday. Looking forward to that. Um, it's always good, and I'm, I know he'll have something to bless you. So uh, let's pray, and we'll, uh, we'll go to big church. Lord, we thank you so much for the power that comes in our story. The, your, your scriptures say that they overcame him. They being the saints overcame him, the devil, by the power of the blood and by the word of their testimony. There's power in what we've heard today. And I pray that that power would not only infuse us, but it would also give us the strength to reach out and to love others the way that they should be loved. Lord, I pray that you would continue uh, to work in Farah's life and continue to add to what is already a beautiful story. Lord, and I pray that what we've heard today would, um, would inspire us in the times where we feel like we're covered in darkness and we don't know what to do. I pray that we could remember some of what we've heard today and draw strength from your word. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for being here with us today. And I pray that you would continue, Lord, to let the seed that was put in us today grow and bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you in a little bit.